You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hey there, we're live with episode 111 of Push the Point, presented by Mash Those Buttons, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more this Overwatch League season. I'm your host, Ramses, reminding you to leave us a follow on Twitter at PushPointPOD to get updates on the show. Follow us or send us an email at pushthepoint at gmail.com. Leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice. Happy to be here today after, well, Lobo, I would say maybe a uh, at least on my end, a, it's it's a kind of a switch difference because it feels like when you and I play ranked, a lot of the times you, um, when you're getting very irritated, I'm just kind of what like I'm kind of whatever and at peace with it. And then today, when I'm very tilted and I'm frustrated, you're very at peace with it and making stuff work. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Like if I get tilted, I never like. It's usually just in the moment, sort of a thing, right? And then I it kind of passes really quickly for me. I don't, I don't dwell on things for very long. I have my, like, it's very, um, up and then like back to a, like an even keel for Mm -hmm. me where you, I feel like it's like a brooding thing where it's like this gradual, like increase, 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 increase. And then it's just full send. I mean, <laughs> uh, let me let me just send let me just send it out there. If you play tank in the gold region, give give me your gripes. Send us your gripes at pushpoint pod on Twitter because I understand there's not I understand there's plenty of stuff I can do to change to make games better and to play better. I'm totally there, but for the life of me, it does not help when I have an Ana who's shooting from spawn, and then whenever I think that's part of it too is I get so irritated because I feel like I'm doing my best, I'm doing everything I can, and then you get some, you get some eleven year old who doesn't always talking about complaining about how how bad our tanks are every time when they're not doing anything. I think part of your problem is is you need to just high chat. Because one of the things that like seems to to full send you is like somebody saying something that's like main take difference or whatever, something stupid like that. And then it's just that always seems to be like one of your, you know, triggers, I guess, would be the best way to put it. That gets you going Mm -hmm. in that direction. Which is understandable because it's an attack on you. So I totally get why that would be one of the things to send you. It makes a lot yeah. of sense, right? Well, even then, I'm I'm all about like I I love the idea of being able to grind the game. My issue is that like I know if I lose two games in a row, I'm tilted enough to where I just don't want to play for a while, so I need to take a break. Then, so how many times am I coming back to play the game? Right. Um, we're gonna get into so we're going straight into the Overwatch League schedule from this last week. We're working on some new stuff for the uh for the highlight matches and you'll be getting that from us in the coming weeks but we're going to go straight into the games being able to kind of put a little bit more just across the board about uh, a couple of different matches starting on Thursday we had a sh- we had an early week this week uh Thursday July 8th with Atlanta Rain versus London Spitfire uh London so London look a little bit better but not near enough to beat Atlanta. We see like some, we see some good moments from Sparker, uh, Molfig and every Molfig and the gang have some moments where they win a couple fights, 
where they hold here and there. But by and large, this is a very easy win for Atlanta. I, I kind of feel that's a little bit generous to London. Yeah, um, a little bit. I, I think you're being very generous to London with your assessment because this was did not feel like a close series. I mean, it, it didn't feel like some of the Vancouver games where, where it's like depressingly bad sometimes where you can just feel their souls like being shattered in front of your eyes. But it wasn't good either. And there were those soul shattering moments still in the game. And the BM in it was pretty fantastic, especially because like with the Euros stuff going on and Masa's goes, it's not coming home. <laughs> I thought that was really, One. really good. Well, and on top of that, too, they Atlanta stepped off the point at that point, right? Like, didn't they all didn't Gator and a bunch of them come off the point during then just to mess with them? Because like they like they get like, oh, like super aggressively pushed or so. I, I forget what exactly happened, but like you could tell Atlanta was kind of toying with its food a little bit there. Which I think if you can do it you and you be that hyper aggressive, do it. Well, and you saw people. So. I think we've I think we've entered the stage of the Overwatch League conversation about like BMing where I don't know about you, but at least on my Twitter feed, I saw probably four or five times the amount of people co- like complaining about people complaining about it. Like I barely saw anybody say anything like make a big deal about it or say it was bad or say it was over the top. Like pretty much everybody I saw was thought it was pretty funny and pretty good. And then you have people who are like, <laughs> I freaking swear, man. Monty, of course, sticking his nose and be like, ugh, Overwatch League, baby league. Look at them get so mad and freak out about this. And it was like, Monty, no, no one really cared. Yeah, it was weird for Monty, the tweet. But the, I don't know. I saw more people like tweeting stuff like, oh, people are going to complain about him saying it's not coming home. than people actually complaining about it's not coming like the 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 actual BM of it. Like I didn't really see anybody do that. Not like I I see everybody's tweets, but still it it, it was kind of an odd thing where it seemed like it was more of people complaining about people complaining than people actually complaining. And, Mm. and I get it. People get defensive because it's like, you want to see people be like that in the league. You want to see people be personalities. Like you want Masa to do stuff like that because it's more interesting and more fun to talk about stuff like that, where where it's like, oh, Masa said this to to the London Spitfire. Like, how are they going to answer back? Like, what what are they going to do? Like, it, it adds more to things when you have players that aren't just wallflowers or or mindless zombies who shoot head of enemy team. So mm-hmm. I personally am am okay with it because. There's like there's a certain level of BMing that is okay, and it and it's not really BMing; it's trash talk, right? I, I don't really like calling it bad manners because trash talk is is trash talk. Like everybody loved Michael Jordan, everybody loves LeBron James, everybody loves like their their favorite players, and a, a lot of like great players, especially if you're a sports fan, a lot of them were trash talkers, like really big trash talkers. And that was part of what you loved about them was that they they trash talk and nobody nobody could you know there, there's so many stories of somebody trying to trash talk Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan like making them pay for it like how do you not like stuff like that right mm-hmm. 
I enjoy the heck out of it, especially if you're a team that like gets dis- quote unquote disrespected and then you show that team up. It's awesome. It, it's I think it's hyper focused too much. And, and we're kind of just adding on to that by talking about it a little bit when it is really a non-issue is the funny thing. But mm-hmm. but it's something that people are talking about. So, of course, we're going to talk about. It. Boston Uprising wins 3-0 against Houston. Houston have a pretty rough week. And this match was pretty frustrating to watch as a Houston fan because it seems like... So they, they they go in with... They kind of are running the anti-dive composition a little bit with the McCree and the Orissa and the Sigma and the Brig. And it works in some places, but by and large, it just... It felt like there were plenty of places in this match where Houston would have benefited by switching from another comp and they just were not really interested in here's in the, changing it. But but like why were they running it? Were they running it because they felt like they couldn't win on other compositions? Or was mm. it because they really just believed this was the better comp? I, it's hard to say, right? Like yeah. like for me personally, I, I I'm going to give the team at least a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Like we see what's successful. Like you look at Dallas, you look at Shanghai, right? Like what has made those two teams successful in this current meta? It's it's like, you know, somber tracer comps or 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 like dive centric comps with like tracer echo and, and stuff like that. And some rush, depending on the map. I, I think that's part of what gets lost in the sauce here, too, is like the, the map pool sort of dictates what you're going to do. And like. Ilios, like it kind of makes sense to maybe want to run that Temple of Anubis. It definitely does because you, you just don't have the room as some of the other maps. Um, Eichenwald, it, it it makes sense too. Like like the three maps that they end up playing, it doesn't seem like it's the worst decision in the world. But that doesn't no. mean it's going to to work against a team that is maybe better at the comp that that's a little bit better in the meta, right? And, and that I feel like is maybe where maybe Houston feels that way. Like maybe they don't, they don't feel like that Jongu or, uh, or dreamer can stand up to, or, or, or are able to play at a high enough level on like the Winston or something or the wrecking ball to really challenge what other teams are doing on that. I mean, we see how important it is and, and how like the, the main tank can make such a big difference and the off tank too. You know, maybe they don't feel as like like not that Piggy is bad on like Diva or anything like that, but maybe they don't think Piggy's been able to be at the same level as some of these other players. I I think we forget too with Houston, like these guys are rookie. These guys are really really new to the league. Well, and I'm I'm of the persuasion that I think with how well Piggy did on Sigma last week, I think they wanted to play to that kind of strength. Yeah, I think. The issue for me is that this is something we've seen with Houston for years. It's just like they really are confident about a comp or they really want to go with a specific comp in a certain situation. And then when it comes time to like, it's it almost reminds me of what Soul does a little bit where they're very they're very dedicated to kind of working out one comp. And then when it looks like, all right, this comp isn't working, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of adaptation occasionally, which is like. And not even I'm not even saying you need to completely change the comp, but it gets into the it gets into the point where like, well, like Valentine literally starts running Genji onto them into them on Eichenwald, and it works for a large part of that map. And there's no real change. There's no like comp composition change to kind of 
try and deal with that at all. It's rather like we're going to stay with this comp because this is what we feel best running about. You think about last year with like in the playoffs where they're like, okay, we practiced this fair comp and we're going to run this fair comp. And then it's like, okay, we're two maps in fair comp isn't really working well. We need to kind of come in with something else like nah, fair comp again. Like so, it's so if they did switch and they still end up losing, right? Like then doesn't the conversation become about, oh, well, they 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 keep switching to these other compositions and they can't stick on anything, right? Like there are so many times where, where I feel like Houston, they can't do anything right because everybody's upset with whatever it is that they do, because we do see them switch at times later on against Dallas and the results don't end up being any better. Mm. And, and this is the point of what I'm trying to make is that the 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 being at least practiced on something and at least feeling comfortable on it might be better especially if we look at teams like Dallas who they play what they they play and sometimes it ends up being meta and that helps out but still they 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 play to what their strengths are and Houston is trying to do that and they're not being as successful as other teams and it sucks but that's kind of the situation where it is like they're still a pretty good team but they're not able to to pass those other teams that are above them. And sure, they struggle against the team like Boston, but Boston seems to have a better grip on the meta composition. So I feel like putting that the blame on, on Houston, like sticking to their guns is maybe it's like, what else are they supposed to do? Because they do it the other way. It doesn't really seem to help. And then now they're focusing on too many different things. And then what are you going to do? I, well, I, and that's that's the that's the thing that I think like people get too much on them for about where it's maybe they're just not good enough. Well, and I totally get where that comes from, but I agree that you don't want them to be switching every single time they run any sort of change. My issue is that when we get like for the Boston match specifically for Dallas, I just think they're still I think they're still outclassed by Dallas a little bit. I didn't really expect them to win that one. Uh, But against Boston, it felt more like, okay, we're two maps in and this hasn't worked. And like we felt we've played the same comp two maps in and this hasn't worked. May, like this is when we want to move on to it. That's one thing is like when it gets late enough into the game, we're like, okay, this is our last map and this hasn't worked so far. I, and granted, I'm not a professional. I'm not a coach. Like, but this is my like fan two cents on it, but it's very, it gets to the point where like, if this hasn't worked the past couple times, something needs to change or we need to change and make a change in how we are approaching this. But that's, that's what I'm saying is like, if they change on map number three, and it looks worse, are you going to be upset at them for making a change that clearly was not a good decision either because they look worse on it? I mean, let's see, because we got to move on to the next game. They got shut out on, they got, I think for this game specifically, it was that they got shut out on control and then they only take one point of Anubis. So it was like, that's the thing is that it it was not working for the first two. It wasn't like it'd be different if it was competing and it was like kind of going back and forth, but it just was not working for the first two points. But right. If they switch and they're still not having success, what are you going to say? What is are, are you going to be happy that they still failed by switching to something different? Or are you do you get what I'm saying? Like, no, I totally get what you're saying. Like, I think like what w- what is the what what is the benefit of doing that if it doesn't get them any closer to what their end goal is in the game, right? Like like if it doesn't get you if it doesn't give you a better opportunity, what's the point? 
I get what you're saying. I think just from purely from a fan perspective, it gets frustrating because it feels like you can see them play up to you've seen them play up to better and you've seen them do better in but, that matchup before. But remember what what the difference was when they were playing up to those other teams. What was what was the composition that was was available to them? It was a composition that Jongo gets to play on his best hero, right? Like, well, I mean, like you're kind of you're you're they're kind of pigeonholed, it feels like here, because obviously Dreamer isn't working out or we would have seen Dreamer, right? Yeah, well, and Jongu looked and for my for my money, Jongu looked better last week on the Orissa, I think. So 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 do you want to put him on to to Winston and and put him on something where, you know, he's going to fail? No, that's the Winston change isn't what it is for me. I'm thinking more of moving like Juby off of the brig on back onto the Lucio. But but like or, Brig right now is run a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like like they're playing they're playing the comp composition in a way that's best going to fit for them. The 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 you know Crimzo playing on the BAP whatever. Like I feel like BAP and Anna. It, it, it kind of depends on what you're trying to do with your team. Maybe that's the one that I would be more concerned about. But I, I don't think Juby on Brig is is the biggest deal. I mean, they could have done the Jake thing if they really want to just stick completely with Brig. But different parts of the map, you kind of need the Lucio, and I think that's kind of what they're thinking. Like, like they had the they had the Tracer, they had the 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 Echo, and, and it still didn't work out. And, and I think that's the problem. I just don't think this is a meta that's really going to work for them. Like, they can't play the compositions that Dallas are playing. They just can't do it. And and then we look at Atlanta and like Atlanta is kind of doing the same thing that Dallas was or Houston was doing. Right. Mm. And they're being successful. They're into the tournament. So I, I think there's merit for what Houston was trying to do. And, and that's the point that, that I think needs to, to be understood is like there are going to be times where you're just not going to be able to do it. You're you're you want more from this team, but maybe more isn't there. Going over to APAC, Hongjo Spark 3-2 over the New York Excelsior. Uh, really, really tight. This, oh no, the, the other one is, the other New York game is the one where um <laughs> they bully Yachtfung in there. Kalios, though, looking very good. Do we, I don't know if we actually talked about the Kalios signing last week. I think it managed to come in like right after the episode. Um, but the New York Excelsior signed Kalios, who was a off-tank. Uh, you might remember him from Boston way back in the day, uh, Boston Uprising. But he also went, uh, he spent some time with O2, which is where uh, Yakpung has been for the last little bit before he hit Overwatch League. Mm -hmm. Kind of give Yakpung like another guy who he's who's worked well with. I've seen some people try and say that like, Yacht, that's it called, that Kalios was also kind of like a did some of the calls back when they used to play together. Mm -hmm. uh, either way, they look a little bit better this week. Uh, they definitely look a little bit tighter. Yakpung doesn't necessarily look as lost because he doesn't have to try and call for a bunch of people while also trying to trying to push forward by himself. Yeah, it, they still end up losing this game. And maybe you call it yeah. growing pains of trying to integrate Kalios in. Like, it's unfortunate because you you see, like, some of the good stuff in this game from the spark of, like, what they can do if Architect and Shy get going, which is, you know, part of what they did as far as DPS. Um, but, but like, you, you know, we still never see them throughout the week really reach their full potential. It's a fun back and forth game. But 
it's two teams that it's like they're still looking up both of these teams. And I think that's kind of the rough part about APAC right now. Everybody's looking at one team. Looking at the other game, too, for that day, uh, really good week for Chengdu this week. They take three. They take the win three, two over the Philly Fusion. Uh, Philadelphia just cannot deal with the Jin Mufara. Uh, the entire that entire match, Jin Mu just kind of is dunking on him. Well, not entire, not dunking on, but like it's just putting him in such a, a rough position. Yeah, there were certain maps where he did really well, although it's it, Jinmu on Farah is just a really crazy thing. He didn't play. This wasn't the game where he really popped off on the fair. Like his fair was still good in this game. But this was one of those games where you think that this should be Philadelphia. You still do. Like, even though that they, they're still, you know, they haven't really had everybody together for very long. It feels like this is very winnable for them in a lot of different positions, and they just are never able to fully come out on top. And I still feel like they don't really have a true tracer player, and I think that's one of their biggest issues and something you kind of saw here. What's funny, too, is like we don't really see leaves tracer in the game all that much compared to like what we see in the next series is the funny mm-hmm. part. And and it, they played among the entire time, which to me was really weird because. uh. I, I thought that was a very like like Chung do some of their decisions. I just don't understand. Yeah, it is interesting, but I mean, it worked out well for them. Yeah, they this won. Week. Right. Like, like where, where's where am I to complain? Shanghai three O's L.A. Valiant, Washington Justice three O over London Spitfire, L.A. Gladiators three O over Toronto Defiant and Dallas Fuel three O over the Houston Outlaws. Uh, like we said earlier, I didn't really. Ex- Unfortunately, I don't really expect Houston to win this matchup. They've won it once and then have not been able to pull it back since. Uh, I do. And the way that Dallas are playing their specific comps in there, there's just no. I don't see a situation in which Houston's going to be able to match them for it. They just they can't play the same comp. They they finally kind of concede and try some other things, but. They they kind of just show that that like they don't look as good. It, I, I'm a little surprised they didn't try to play Django a little bit more on Reinhardt on some of these opportunities, but like you, you could kind of see that the the difference between like Fearless and and Django, especially when when you get to Gibraltar, and you get the Winston of of, of Fearless getting to do some crazy stuff. I think this this was still like a better series than people realize, though. Like it still mm-hmm. takes four maps in order for for Dallas to three zero them. It's not like it's yeah, it's not like they tie they, Hanamura. It's not like it was like an easy game for Dallas. It wasn't like the hardest game, but it wasn't easy either. Definitely looking at APAC again. New York three one over Philadelphia. A very rough week for Philly. They fall out of. Tournament contention for the third straight time. Yeah, I think it's three in a row. And this one's weird because like. Chengdu listening to Chengdu, you kind of kind of like, all right, Chengdu wrecking ball, kind of a good thing to have right now. If you know how to play those sort of compositions or, or Winston, which sure, Chengdu didn't play there, but like they have the ability to and we see it happen against Seoul. New York feels like a team that should be very beatable for them like somebody that they should have an easier time against. Not not because like the players on New York are necessarily bad, but like you have so much veteran uh so much of a veteran presence on 
Philly in this sort of position and you have players who are so good, like like I, I've actually like alarm is still really good. And so is Carpe. It's just everything around it. I'm not sure what's going on. Like guys who should be playing better just don't seem to be playing up to the expectations we sort of have for them. I also thought Shockwave was going to be in with the team, but I guess not. Well, I think he's I thought, there, but I, I I don't know. Like that's the guy who would be your tracer player, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like that hurts them, and and it sucks. It really. I think one of the things that is most disappointing about Philadelphia is we we know we're getting things piecemeal together for the most part. Like we don't they don't have their full gambit of players like that. They've been able to sort of like lab stuff out for a long period of time to really figure out their identity. Chengdu Hunters 3-0 over the L.A. Valiant and the Shanghai Dragons 3-1 over Hangzhou Spark knocking them out, which. Again, the Spark get knocked out of, they get knocked out of the well, the knockout qualifiers. Shy continuing to have, I think part of the thing is that the Shy is continuing to still play really well for this team, even despite kind of what's happening on the grand scale. Yeah, what's funny? Just, oh, go ahead. You go. No, oh, go, go ahead. It's a weird. Oh no. You look at this team, and I feel like they should still be doing so much better. And they have moments when it, it's a meta that hits them, and they can do very well. This roster is too talented to be. I mean, they were going to. I would imagine they lose to Shanghai, but I don't know. I you wish there was a little bit more fight. Well, there was more fight than anybody else against Shanghai this week, though. Is the funny part, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're the only team to take a, a map off of Shanghai in the Summer Showdown so far, um, up until this point. So it's weird because actually, I think they were so far, I think up until this point, yeah, I think they're the only team that has taken a map. So so they, they've done better against Shanghai than anybody else. But I think that what's the, the disappointing part about this is that like it comes to this game for them to, to try and get in. They don't take care of business prior to this to be in a position where this game doesn't matter. And I think that's the more disappointing part because like, sure, maybe on your best day, you have a good chance of competing with Shanghai, but with with the potential um, and you're you beat New York, who's the team who who kind of beats you in. Like if you if you had taken care of things in the weeks prior, you're probably in a better position to to get in. And I think that's what really sucks the most about like everything with. um with uh the spark in this sort of a situation going on to uh atlanta versus boston atlanta get the clean 3-0 looking good toronto managed to take a a map off of dallas in their match on saturday but again dallas still just holding through it seems it's like you and i talked about before where in the past, Dallas has kind of needed a week to kind of get a handle on what the meta is and then reinvent it and push forward. But Summer Showdown, it's just been all gas for them. They lose King's Row, but other than that, like a pretty easy win for them. And King's Row is one of those maps that I think was a little bit more of a toss up to and maybe could have gone either way if they, they play just a little bit better. And the most impressive part about this is the win on King's Row. You almost feel like, OK, Toronto's got a chance here. Like they they showed some things here that maybe 
uh, Dallas will have to worry about. And then Junkertown, where you think if there's anywhere where you're going to be able to take advantage of what the weaknesses are of Dallas, which, yeah, there's not that many, but but the, the long sight lines and stuff, their lack of hit scan, Junkertown feels like the map where you're going to do that. And they still didn't do it. And I think it's a little bit in part Toronto's own fault. They they go for a like really close defensive hold at the beginning of the game instead of playing the sight line game. So they give up a lot of that space early on because they get wiped out pretty quickly. So I I think there were a couple of things that Toronto Divine could have done better. But at the end of the day, it didn't even matter anyways, because Dallas was just on a warpath on that map. And they did. We, we do hear about during and after the game that it was a, a point of focus for them was escort maps in particular. So it makes sense that they would look a lot better on this map in particular. But at the same time, it does still feel like maybe Toronto left something there. But like, how how are you not impressed with with what Dallas is able to do? It's it's pretty nuts. Mm-hmm. Washington Justice three two over the L.A. Gladiators. This one is really tight. Washington get out to the 2-0 lead on Nepal and on Hanamura. LA Gladiators managed to bring it back, uh, almost reverse sweep it off of Hollywood and Gibraltar. There's a really crazy clip of Kefster just managing to uh, back cap them on point two or point B of Hollywood. But I think more than anything... Washington wins this game based off of just off of how crazy Assassin's Sombra play is. Assassin, you know, I think he's somebody we kind of forgot about a little bit, but like he's probably a rookie of the year candidate at this point. We'll uh, have to make our big list next week or the week after, I think. Yeah, uh, we could do it. the uh, Not next week, but the week after, because that's the week where there's no games. We could do that. Week. Yeah, the week, the week between. Mm hmm. We could do it that week, but but in this game in particular, like he plays really good. The Washington as a whole, like Decay starts to, is starting to play better again, which I think helps out a lot. They they finally put Decay in a position where he can be better, um, play better. Uh, heroes where he's better on like Tracer and stuff like that. The 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 weird thing with this is like. The Gladiators are a team that I'm still like, man, it feels like they should be beating Washington anyways. Like, it feels like they have enough there. It feels like they've got all the pieces. And then it just doesn't ever seem to come together fully. Mm-hmm. Well, like, they're continuing to piece together, but it will. I think realistically, um, Countdown Cup is going to kind of be the most explosive tournament for teams like this. For teams like uh, L.A. as well. L.A., man, like. This isn't a knockout game for either of them, but it kind of determines what the it determines what the rest of the seeding is for knockouts. And I I don't think seeding is what mattered for why the gladiators end up losing at the end. But still, it's it's like we're still like not quite to seeing the gladiators team that people thought were going to be the one of, if not the best team in the league. Like it still feels like they're they're not. Like we'll see glimpses of it, but but they can never fully stay as that team. And the the what I didn't expect was like Birdring and Kevster to be such a good DPS duo. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like D- DPS is sort of the the problem. It feels like there's other like little things, 
and 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 I don't want to put it all on Muse, but like I, I get people saying like, you know, man, it seems like you get two different muses every now and then. Yeah. I feel like I would like him to get one more shot in possibly a different coaching environment. Just I know like we're getting into where it's fashionable to dunk on Depe, but still I feel like this team just is not as dominant, or I guess as not as lights out as they should be for the level of talent they have. But maybe the level of talent is what people think though, too. Like I think that's a very real part of this as well, because I've never felt like I've never felt like gladiators were out of pocket with like, a decision that's clearly a coaching decision, right? Like it never feels like they're doing something that you're like, huh, why, why are they doing this? You know, like they always seem to kind of under have a decent understanding of the meta. Th- they never seem to be behind in like aspects where coaching, I think, matters more. So I don't know how much you can put on DP. I, I really don't. Looking as well onto the next set of games, Shanghai 3-0 over New York. And Chung do three two over this whole dynasty. Leave has a lights out game in this one. Um, it's very close. With like, I think you said a little bit more that Jinmu is this where Jin Jinmu. This kind is of where get, where you a see a little bit. Farah? Yeah, this is where you see a little bit more of the Farah, and this is where you see like it matters on maps, and and, and it's not always be like it's not always like super conventional with Jinmu either but then again like conventional and and um Chengdu doesn't always go together but you do see a lot of him playing um the Sombra and stuff as well so it, there are things that that do make a difference but but like this is where it gets interesting cuz like Among like I said the the previous you know day or two days ago you see Among the entire time they bring Gaga in after map one and then stick with Gaga the rest of the way. And that seems to be a very good move. And, you know, I know we're not talking about it this week, but there's another player that's got to be on the rookie of the year candidate list is Gaga. And leave is one of the most impressive parts is, is leave on anything that they play him on, but the battles of, Profit and leave on Tracer, I thought was some of the most compelling stuff that we got to see in this series. Mm-hmm. Going into where is it? Also, Yvetel is ridiculous on on Mercy. Mm-hmm. Just that's just, been his hero for forever. He's been like, I would argue the best Mercy I think you, in the world. You know what's crazy too? He tweeted out that that he like like talking about or I don't think it was him specifically. I think it was um, uh, somebody translating, putting out that like apparently like Jinmu and him had a competition on Farah and like apparently Yvetel like destroyed Jinmu in this competition. So that that's like that's one of those crazy little anecdotes that who knows if it's real or not. But if it is, that's pretty nuts. Wrapping back up for the NA qualifiers, LA Gladiator. Well, I skipped one. Washington Justice versus Paris Eternal, three two for Washington. Really great performance for Paris. I think, considering where we thought this team was going to be at the beginning of the year, this is this is way higher than I think any of us expected. Oni God has been very like one of the best players on their team, if not the best player on their team. Um, I feel like that the team goes the way of Oni God 
Um, Naga has been a very good um, uh, partner with him. Festola has been a very bright spot. And Khan has been very good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Dridro as well. And Don, too. Like, everybody has played up to to very much levels that I, I think people didn't expect. But there's a couple of players to me that, like, really stick out. Like, Vestola, Onigod, and Naga, I think, are the three in particular that, that really have impressed me the most on their team. And, like, Khan, Khan, if he's on Baptiste, impresses me. But anything else, I'm not as big of a fan of, of Khan's. But he's still been pretty good on the other stuff that he's played. He he just hasn't been up to the level of some of the other players, but, but I think like great as that is, you've got to give a lot of credit to Washington because decay again is looking like decay again. Assassin next to him has been super good. And the, the questions we had about mag at the beginning of the season where it's like, okay, we, we love his Winston, but his Reinhardt hasn't been very good. I think he's silencing some of those questions because his Reinhardt over this season has continued to get better. Mm-hmm. He looked a lot better on the Reinhardt this match. He was he was beating like Don's a pretty darn good Reinhardt too. Like I think Don to be able to handle Don the way he did on some of those maps, I thought was crazy and really really good. Um, Fury, Fury as well. Like I always feel bad for Fury because I feel like he doesn't get recognized for how good he is anymore. The way that he used to be recognized, like in the early days when he was on London. I think it's just one of those like things where we just all know like yes, and we know Fury's the best at Diva. Like I don't know if he's the best at Diva, but he's definitely like one of the best. Like there's mm-hmm. and he's always he's always been in that conversation. And we kind of forget about it. I also think like Closer and Bebe, like for as much as we we were like, eh, I don't know how to feel about the support line, they have played definitely above what many people were expecting. What do you think of the tuba support? <laughs> I I don't have a problem with it if it works. Uh, if you feel like it's something that can work out, then you do it. I don't even remember when they did that in this game. But I mean, baby and closer right now. Super good. Like, I don't I don't think they did it in this game in particular. So. I don't know. Baby and closer is still pretty good. Looking at LA Gladiators 3-0 over Boston Uprising. Uh, pretty straightforward there. And then Dallas Fuel 3-2 over Washington Justice. It's great. I mean, you were just talking about it with Mag earlier. It's great to see Washington come this close and push this hard. Taking Dallas all the way to a map five. Yeah. It, it is w- interesting, though. You look at it. Oh, I, I cut you off. Go. No, go ahead. Dallas is 10 and 0 on Volskaya this year. Like, I think when they go, when they assault has just been their mode. I think, I mean, they've got a couple other maps here and there, but like Volskaya is just their map. It's locked down. It's pretty crazy. But I, I think if you think about how the map is constructed, it just works for the compositions that they want to play. Like you can, you don't feel like, you don't feel like it's ever out of place for them to play like Winston centric compositions on that map or or anything else that they might want to try and do there either. Like, like it feels like everything that they want to do can work there. Like, even if it's stuff with Reinhardt, whatever, like, like it feels like a map that just sort of suits their style best. And that's why they're going to go there. 
Yeah, I mean, it it fits very well with the Winston, with whatever Sparkle and Doha both want to play as well. It It's a very natural fit. I like what you said. And the last game of the knockouts, Atlanta Reign, 3-2 over the Gladiators. If If we didn't think Atlanta was, I mean, Atlanta has fulfilled exactly what we talked about at the beginning of this stage, right? Where we thought like, okay, they were, they went really well. They did really well in um, June Joust. Let's see if they can keep this up or if this was just them hitting like a strong meta. And they've been great this whole stage. And like, I'm happy for them to get back to, I'm happy for them to get back to Hawaii. I think this is them firmly locking themselves a place as one of the elite teams. I, I believe that they're the second best team in North America. I think it's mm. them in Dallas right now. I, I think it's clearly that, right? Like, like who really can say that they can compete with those two teams, especially when it matters most? Like, Dallas has made it every time to to the tournaments. The only other team to do that right now is Shanghai, which is the other side. That's the East, right? But in mm. the West, who has been the most consistent team? And it's Atlanta. And there's another Rookie of the Year candidate on that team, too, that, that I think we can talk about a little bit, too, because that player has been kind of making himself uh, known, especially if, if he's playing on Echo, but but has played well on other heroes, too. And that's Pelican. Like Pelican mm-hmm. has been a very large part of their success on a lot of different maps. And they kind of have this really good three headed, not, not monster, but like three headed DPS rotation that, that they can they can put in in different sort of situations because you have Kai, who is outstanding on anything hit scan. And then Edison has been your mainstay DPS, which I think is one of the most impressive parts about this is like you kind of felt like Kai was maybe going to be that guy, but it's been yeah. Edison and Edison has, I think, performed far better than, than people expected and like has to be in team. Um, like maybe not t- you almost want to say team MVP, but like team um, workhorses like. Mm-hmm. really like solid mainstay guy right that's a good way of putting it i agree and then and especially because you go i was just gonna say go ahead with your point on him because we, we've got more about this team to talk about well and because he le- like it felt like at the beginning of the year he kind of had he got off i don't even know if he would call it to a rocky start it just wasn't like a dominant start in the first first quarter of the year where he kind of he came out and he did well, but he didn't do like crazy, crazy huge. Mm-hmm. And then since then, like he is just got he has gotten better to where now he's just solid. Well, and he's so reliable and he's so mm-hmm. but but it's more than that. He's not just a reliable player. Like I, I'm pretty sure as far as where he stacks up in the league, like he he is he is fitting up near the top. Like, sure, maybe not as high as some of the other players. But he has been somebody who I almost put in Pelican. Uh, I'm trying to see where exactly like they have them in some of the rankings, just because it it's one of those things of curiosity more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know. He might not even be in the top 30, which is funny to think about, but it, he can't be. He's got to be somewhere. And I guess he's not even in the top 30, which is funny to think about, because I would have thought he would have at least been there. And if 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 like according to the rankings, he's not doing that well, that's really crazy to think about that, that he isn't even uh, ranking high enough to get into there. But that also sort of shows how good like the DPS are. So even that because of that, 
the fact that he's still such a solid player for them, I think, matters. So looking into next week's games, we officially have our schedule for Summer Showdown. We kick off uh, Thursday at 6 p.m. PST, Chengdu Hunters versus Dallas Fuel, uh, followed by Atlanta Rain versus Shanghai Dragons. Lobo, I know it's easy to guess. I know, I know it's easy to predict that we see another repeat final. But I, I'm I just wondering how we, I'm wondering what would it what it would take to see anything different. I don't know. I think this is the um, most likely one where we could see something different. I feel like this is the closest we've seen teams be to each other. But then again, like Shanghai has had nobody be close to them, but they also haven't that. I don't remember if they played Chengdu or not in leading up into this or not. Um, I feel like Chengdu sort of figured something out and, and really showed that in the knockouts, but they showed it against a team who had r- massive trouble against Shanghai. I feel like right now Shanghai has to be the favorites going in, and then it has to to be Dallas second. It just has to be. But like mm-hmm. Sparkle, I, I feel like he's been getting better and better as of late. And then Hanbin and Fearless, like I love Hawk and, and and Gator. I think that they have been ascending, but it's like it's hard to pick against those two guys. Like you still need to continue to see more from Atlanta. Like this is this is when it matters most. Like Atlanta, what they finished third, which is still good last last tournament. You still got to see if they can compete with the two teams that that were the teams that were able to handle them. Mm-hmm. So I, I really I think them and Chengdu I, of those two, I think the team that has the best of upsetting everything is Atlanta. But even still, I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah, I think you almost if there are a way for them to go against Chengdu first, maybe I would feel a little bit better about it. But we'll have to see. I think, again, like they have been able to pivot so well into these metas and have been able to just lock in. And I like what you said with ascending where Gator and Hawk seem to really be hitting their stride finally. And, and I think part of that too, is like we get to see Hawk on his best hero, which is diva like Hawk. Mm -hmm. Hawk is in the conversation for one of the best divas in the league. Like, I don't think anybody can argue differently. Um, just looking at statistics, right? Power rankings and things like that. Like he's near the top of the league overall. And then as far as tanks, the, the only tanks above him are are kind of some tanks that you sort of expect, right? Um, but he has been gradually catching up to a lot of those players like Space, Fate, Void, Piggy. Piggy's actually third, which is pretty crazy to think about. And then Hanbin and Fearless are at the top. So he is, he is, you know, solidified himself into the top 10 and is probably going to continue climbing on those charts. Especially with the fact that they they beat space and he's a, he's a big part of why things like that end up happening. For sure, for sure. All right, Lobo. I think we're making our predictions. I think I think like you said, I think Shanghai is number one, Dallas number two. I think though I've just learned. I feel like you have. I, I just my heart says I can't pick anybody but Dallas this week. I think I have to go Dallas again. It's hard to not, right? They're so easy to root for. They're so 
Ugh. And they look so good. Like even like I never felt like worried in the in the game against Washington. Um, like Washington definitely made it difficult on them. But there was like there were certain maps. And then like when they figured things out, Dallas really, really was a team that you had to worry about. So so you have to give a lot of credit to Dallas for being able to do that. And I don't know. I don't know what's going to be the comp that they end up running for this final week. I don't know if we're going to see them do the rush as much if uh, if what Shanghai does will be too much for them to handle or not. Like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that feel like they're up in the air for this final. um, Final few days that we're going to have. Because we still don't technically know what the best composition is. And like we've even seen some divergence from like Shanghai, like they they didn't fully just run that ball comp with uh, the the Tracer and the Sombra, which is probably something that's good for for Dallas. I, I'm really curious to see what like those two teams end up playing it if they end up playing against each other, which I think is very likely in the winner's final. We'll have to see and we'll cover it then when it happens. I think that's I think that's everything for us this week. Will anything else? No, I, I think that this is um this is the most intriguing tournament we have. I think this is the 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 closest we see teams be to Dallas and Shanghai. Um maybe more close to Dallas than Shanghai. Although then again, both of them are five and zero right now. So like like for this tournament. So even though the games were close, it's like, yeah, they still haven't lost. So it, it, it's weird. It is a very um, it's a very wild one for the, this particular week uh, or this particular tournament. I'm, I'm very I think I'm looking forward to this tournament most as far as ones that we've gotten so far. Me, too. I think I'm just bummed because we're already three quarters of the way through the year. It does feel like it's going very fast. Super, super freaking quick. We'll have to enjoy the last little bit that we have. But that's going to do it for episode 111 of Push the Point. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. If you're on the stream or if you're listening on your phone, whatever you're doing, as always, you can leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you use. Makes it easier for people to find us. We read out each new review on the show. Plus, it lets us know what you like and what we can make better about the show. We also. We also would like you to join us in the Mashless Buttons community, which you can do so by going to discord.me slash Mashless Buttons. Keeps you up to date on all your favorite shows for the network, few of which you're going to hear about right after we're done. You also, that's where if you want to play in game night with us, that's where you go. Uh, we had a, we just had the game night the other day on Saturday uh, prior to when we were recording this, and it was a lot of fun. Like, like we didn't have enough to, to get to pugs like we normally do, but the the group of people that we get to play with are always so so fun to play with that I'm never concerned about if we get enough for it because I know it's going to be a good time regardless. So come and join us. It is it is a lot of fun and like everybody just enjoys it. Like nobody gets overly upset about anything. Like everybody's there to just have a good time. So join mm-hmm. us next time. Yeah, that, uh, we were messing around with some four v fours. I think. Yeah. And like we like we said, um, unfortunately, on this last well, not unfortunately, like we said last week, if we have if you're on console, let us know. We're always trying to get more people in. And now that crossplay works, we 
have room to get people in. So let us know at discord.me slash mash those buttons. Yeah, come join us. Or, you know, if you want to do this, you can. You can do this alongside with joining us on Mash Those Buttons on Discord. Uh, you can ma- support the network directly by going to patreon.com slash mash those buttons. Little as a dollar a month, and you get access to a bunch of cool Patreon-exclusive content. I don't know if we we ask Ja if this is something we should do on the Patreon or something where we get we get Clone Man to coach you as a tank. I think that would be mm-hmm. fun. I, I really feel like clone does like some video stuff on his stream where like he'll he'll like coach people every now and then i don't know if he's still doing it or not but i always enjoyed that and like we got mr tank over here on the other side in ramsey's and you know maybe it would behoove him to have a contenders and i think could have been an owl player um i I, it sucks that he never seemed to get his opportunity in, in clone so that'd be really really cool so Maybe we'll do something like that, or maybe we'll just do it on our own and do it anyways. Either way, uh, Twitter for the show is at pushpoint pod, and then push the point at gmail.com if you want to send us something long form. If Twitter is not your your way, yes, sir. And then you can find Labosco on Twitter at his handle, which is at Labosco. Um, you can see me telling people in Italy or <laughs> not Italy in England that it's not coming home. And being happy that Italy won, because if you see my last name, it's Lobosco. It ends in a vowel. You should understand where where my family is from. I'm I'm not like super connected to my family that's in Italy, other than like some of them I'll message every now and then on Facebook. But like I'm only third generation that was born here in America. So yeah, go Italy. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Ramsey's underscore OW where you can keep up with all of my stuff. That's going to do it for episode 101 to push the point. Thanks for hanging out with us. And as always, take care of yourself, stay safe, and we will see you soon uh, to wrap up coverage of summer showdown before we go into the final week. Oh, I'm sorry. We have, do we have one week? No, summer showdown ends this coming week. Yeah, we'll do summer showdown and then we'll go into, um, I think we'll do our MVP rookie of the year list and everything as we get into the last quarter of the year. Yeah. We'll, so we'll have a list and then maybe we'll see what other people, what, what people think about it. That's what we could do for, um, for that middle, that like, uh, week leading into the, the final tournament is we'll, we'll, we'll set the lists for everything of who are people that should be on the lists are for, for each thing. Um, and then we'll, at the end of the regular season, then do that, who we believe won those from our lists. I think that'd be great. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Have a good night, everybody. And we'll talk to you later. See ya. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network 
facebook.com slash mash those buttons or join our discord at mash.gg slash discord. 